and welcome to Map Bites, episode 156. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this episode, we're making hay while the sun shines. In, with 2020 hindsight, quarter two. Part two of the Mac Bites review of the year 2020. On to April. The 1st of April marks Apple's birthday. In 2020, it was 44 years of Apple. Who would incorporate a company on the 1st of April? Still, never mind, 44 years on at this stage and they were going more than strong. Do you remember Oscar the cat who lived in the flat next door? His birthday was April the 1st too. Oh, Oscar was the most amazing cat. I've never actually owned a cat myself. Although, don't they say that the cat owns you? But no, I've never had a cat, but Oscar was the nearest we got. He was the most amazing cat. He was a cat with attitude. He never liked you stroking him, picking him up, nothing like that. Not that kind of cat. Until he set eyes on my dad, who was like Dr. Doolittle with animals. And Oscar just wandered over to him and kept rubbing himself up against his legs, wanting to be petted. And we just sat there with like, you swine of a cat, you don't do that with us. <laughs> but he was the most amazing cat. Happy memories of him. By the 2nd of April, the lesser spotted air tags had been spotted in the wild. One to be filed under, whoops. Apple accidentally referred to the much rumoured AirTags in a video uploaded to its Apple support channel on YouTube. <laughs> the video was first spotted by the blog Appleosophy. Needless to say, said video was quickly removed. A real accident or a cheap way to keep up interest in a vaporware product? I think you'll guess from the sarcasm which side of that debate we tended towards. But let's be honest, it isn't even the first time they've managed to leak something about the mythical AirTags. There was code in iOS 13 back in 2019 that also mentioned AirTags. You said, or a cheap way to keep interest up. I'd be interested, given the amount of times that I lose my keys, like at ladies' night, but we won't go into that. Although I don't think Lola would be too keen to wear one. Actually, here's a thought. They could become the new VW badge. Lola's never keen to wear anything. Have you forgotten the Halloween fiasco? I thought she looked adorable. The look on her face said it all and you banned me from ever putting anything else on her. She's a wants-to-go-as-nature-intended girl, is Lola. Talking of dogs, Magbites after our 70, one nil in extra time at Hashtag's birthday party. We celebrated Hashtag, that's a fabulous name for a dog. This is Alex's dog. We celebrated Hashtag's birthday live on Zoom where we could see hashtag. And at midnight, we successfully booked a shopping slot with a well-known UK supermarket. Oh, happy memories. You had to wait until midnight and the slots were released. Is it all coming back to you now? If it is, I do apologise for the full horror of it. I think it's nice that these things are assigned to the annals of history. <laughs> Next up, Apple announced that Ruben Caballero had left Apple after 14 years. His role was in hardware engineering as an executive. It's less the fact that he's left and more the fact that he went to Microsoft to work on the HoloLens. According to reports, Microsoft is light years ahead of Apple in terms of AR hardware. But he also has another job with a smartphone startup. You know, we could probably eradicate unemployment globally if these tech folks stuck to just one job each and weren't quite so greedy. 
Instead of going out and hiring to replace Reuben, no, Apple's education team debuted 30 activities for kids and families. We were wondering why too. They state it's as part of an ongoing effort to support at-home learning while many school children are completing classes remotely. Apple, that's not your job. You can't be all things to all people. Just make decent kid. That is your job. Timmy clearly thinks he's Gandhi. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. AZ did a similar thing as soon as lockdown was announced. Okay, it wasn't for the world. It was online classes for kids of employees. They took people on to do the teaching and took people away from their jobs to organise it and still managed to get medicines out to patients. I can see where you're coming from, but to me, they're not qualified in that. They need to do what they do to support other people who are qualified in that doing what they do rather than step in and try and do their other job. It's a little bit like hero syndrome. Oh, you know, there's children at home. Let's put some games out for them and activities. I appreciate that. I can see where you're coming from, but I just consider it's not their primary role. And also, if it's children facing in the UK, any role involving children and you need what's called a DBS check, disablement and barring service check, it's it's basically the old criminal records check. And I think putting these things together, are they aware of safeguarding issues? It's not their primary role, so I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Stick to what you do. I I would say do well, but that was a long time ago. (laughs) Just my take on it. Not satisfied with that, though, they then started a Today at Apple at Home initiative. This was creating videos to occupy children during various lockdowns. This was hot on the heels of the educational activities just a day before. We do wonder why some people bother having kids if keeping them occupied is so arduous. In our day, we occupied ourselves. None of this I'm bored nonsense. We mention this because it's the second example of Apple's virtue signalling in as many days. As was pointed out in many of the comments in relation to this story, if Apple put as much effort into creating Kickbook Kit as they do into every cause they can find, we'd all be better off. Spoiler alert, we are nowhere near done with this either. A mere five days later, and Apple got back to what they are actually officially supposed to be doing, which is releasing new kit. And they released the iPhone SE. It's a second generation. It was a 4.7 inch screen with an A13 Bionic chip. Touch ID home button. That was a good idea, wasn't it? Given the state of face recognition. Just saying. Had a maximum of 256 gig of storage. And it was like there wasn't a global pandemic or anything. Always remember, nothing must get in the way of the mighty dollar. Icky, Timmy. Icky. Not that I was in the market for an SE anyway, but that's not the point. And then possibly the biggest story of the year for me. Oh, there are no words strong enough to express the sheer glee of a Smith's loathing MacBytes presenter. That would be me. When Spotify added the feature to skip tracks in playlists. This is, of course, until it didn't do what it said on the tin. Yes, it actually works on mobile, but not the desktop version of Spotify. What? the actual. Why? We have no idea. But if it's not added soon, there will be more than bad words said at MacBytes headquarters. Desktop users are fast becoming second-class citizens. There is intense peril 
of a Smiths track popping up in an 80s playlist. This peril is constant until this is sorted. The skipping tracks feature. Yes, great feature that will come in handy at Christmas, particularly last Christmas. See what I did there? Oh, the Whamageddon thing. Now, I must admit, I manually took out last Christmas of my Christmas playlists. I can play it on Christmas Day, but other than that, no. And then it was Task Force Timmy, as if the world didn't have enough problems already by April 2020. Timmy was co-opted onto the new Business Recovery Task Force, created by California Governor Gavin Newsom. Remit? Intended to guide the state as it gets its economy back up and running as the coronavirus shutdown begins to ease in the coming weeks and months. Let me just remind you, this is the 17th of April 2020. They were intending to have two meetings a month for the duration. So what started out as two to four meetings is probably still going on, hey Timmy? Loving it, loving it. Talking of Timmy, he made a surprise appearance on the BBC's Big Night Inn. This was a fundraiser in the UK where he announced Apple's plans to make a significant donation to the event. This is on top of the $10 million Apple donated to One World together at home and the 20 million N95 masks provided for healthcare professionals. He's turning into a clone of opera and her everyone's a winner meme, isn't he? Has anybody told him that good work for the benefit of others doesn't have to be conducted in a blaze of publicity? No, I thought not. Maybe St Timmy should team up with St Marcus of Manchester United. Yes, Timmy, saviour of the world. He then said the contact tracing API would be available from the 28th of April. You do realise that by this stage of the pandemic, Timmy was ruling the entire world, don't you? Contact tracing. Knowing what we know now, it's safe to say at this stage, we had severely underestimated the extent to which all of this could go wrong. Doubly so since this involved Europe, specifically France, and their demands for Apple to change the privacy settings on the iPhone. Come on, that was never going to happen. Still, it didn't stop Apple declaring the pandemic to be over. Or to be more precise, they declared their intent to reopen stores. Money being left on the table there, you know. Apple stated they were intending to observe local conditions. That's the law to everyone else, just in case you were wondering. Let's just say things weren't quite over at this stage and were likely to get a whole lot worse before they got better, irrespective of what Timmy had to say. Well, with only essential stores being allowed to open, I guess some would actually say that Apple stores are considered to be an essential store. And I have no idea how. It was the earnings call last day of April. What do we say? All together now. Best quarter ever. Total revenue grows. Service revenue reaches an all-time high of $13.3 billion. So we can afford all of those fines then. Nicely done, Timmy. Well, we started May rather strangely. It was MapBytes After Hours 74. We called it Access All Areas. And what we were actually covering was a long-running request for Microsoft Access, database design and building databases in Access. Might initially be an odd thing to cover on a MacBase show, but... First off, a promise was a promise. Secondly, everybody seemed to love it. And it got us thinking, 
there isn't much in the way of great database technology available dedicated for the macOS platform. Why not? When we first moved to a Mac, it was, mm, could really do with access. But we had Bento and we had FileMaker and various other options. I think it's because people, if they do have database requirements, use an online service now. But people loved the access stuff. So maybe there's scope there. Who knows? Then another month, new kit from Apple. This time it was a 13-inch MacBook Pro with a magic keyboard, a faster 10th generation Intel processor, up to 80% faster graphics performance and up to 32 gig of RAM with an eye-wateringly priced 4 terabyte SSD option. That was what it had, but what it didn't have is just as significant. It marked the end of the butterfly keyboard. Thing is looking back, this was May, early May at that. So even if it took two weeks to ship it, you're looking at the third to fourth week in May. What we know now that we did not know then was that Apple were about to release the Apple Silicon version of this no more than seven months later. You would be right to be a little on the peeved side, I think, if you'd bought one. But there you go. So when the world was going nowhere, Apple decided to release a laptop. Having said that, most people were probably working from the kitchen table and needed the portability. So maybe it wasn't actually such a daft decision. I enjoyed demonstrating Whisk in MacBytes After Hours 75. Whiskey in the jar. See what we did there. I'm loving Whisk. Whisk is a HTML editor, which given that most people these days putting content online don't have to fiddle with the HTML, is still something that I find I need. I have BBEdit, which is great with HTML files. I have Sublime Text, which is also great with HTML files. So why do I have a need for a dedicated app? Well, I didn't think I did either. But once I'd seen it, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. And it's because it's got the editing tools, but it also has a live preview. Using it, it reminded me of Dreamweaver back from Macromedia days. It is a very, very good app if you have the need to edit raw HTML, which on occasion I do. Not often, and certainly not as often as I had in the past, but on occasion it's very, very useful. In the same show, Mike carried on accessing all areas with Microsoft Access. It's getting to be quite a cult thing, that. People were loving it. And then, forever pushing the boundaries, Apple were springing back to life. Apple stores the world over were seeking to open up from the 15th of May 2020. There was a whole range of safety measures in place. Limits on the number of people allowed into the stores, temperature checks, social distancing... Did we dash out? Are you kidding? No. <laughs> no, we didn't. Leave it for people who felt the need. We, did, we didn't feel the need nor the desire or even in any way of an urge. No, not at all. Now, there were at this stage huge rumours abounding regarding the mythical big headphones from Apple. John Prosser claimed that they would be called AirPod Studio I don't actually dislike that name, and that they would retail for $349. Time would tell. But spoiler alert, he was a mile out on both counts. 
Big headphones. I'm more than happy with my little headphones, also known as AirPods. So while somewhere Timmy was laughing at John Prosser, news broke of Apple making plans for employees to return to the office from June 2020. This all felt far, far, far too soon for us. Remember, by this stage, it was the 12th of May and we were hunkering down for the duration. I mean, it wasn't as though the quarantine guidance wasn't still rumbling on, was it? I give up with people, I do. Particularly Apple. Apparently, we all do our best work when we collaborate in person. I won't say any more on that. I'll admit, I was loving this working from home thing. Not that I don't work from home all the time, but it's nice to have Mike's company while I'm doing it. I was inspired. Inspired when it came to MacBytes After Hours 77. This one was rolling donuts. I was so thrilled. There had been an update to Camtasia and I had managed to deploy the dirtiest hack yet with it. My problem with Camtasia when I moved from ScreenFlow in 2018 was I'd never had the need to use a feature that was in ScreenFlow called rolling edits. What that feature actually did, it allowed you to bump up next to each other chunks of content. It could be still images or it could be video. And a rolling edit enabled you to extend one and reduce the other without the attendant change the first one, change the second, close the gap. A rolling edit did three things all at once. It extended one, reduced the other, and there wasn't a gap to start with. It was fabulous. But I'd never used it. In all the years I had used ScreenFlow, which by this stage was at least 11 years, I never used it. Appreciated it, that it was there, but never actually used it. Camtasia didn't have it. I wasn't worried. Did I mention I'd never used it? But then the first video I got into Camtasia, I'm like, oh dear, I need a rolling edit. And there wasn't one. So I, everything had to be done manually. They announced a feature called the magnetic track. Didn't mention rolling edits. I took one look at it and thought, mm, never going to need that. And then I tried it and thought, I wonder, could it be persuaded to, to pretend it was a rolling edit? Short version, oh yes. Oh, it was good. So I really enjoyed myself with that one. In fact, by the time I'd finished with it, and my dirtiest hack yet, I'd actually managed to have Camtasia make a better job with a rolling edit than ScreenFlow. It was fabulous. We also celebrated with donuts in Affinity Designer, PowerPoint and Keynote. Oh, what fun we had. Probably still related to the fact that they had a captive audience. There was a shocking story of Apple promoting content aimed at children on Apple TV+. Surely kids are not to be encouraged to lounge in front of a TV. Oh, unless it generates subscription revenue for Apple, it seems. The shows in question do seem to have virtuous content, though, all about saving the planet, etc. I was never allowed to lounge in front of the TV as a kid, unless it was football or something that my dad was in. Neither was I, to be honest. I did have a TV, and I actually did have a TV in my bedroom, but I much preferred reading books. The TV would probably get turned on for football and the odd programme. The thing I remember most is having the TV on to keep me company when I was pulling an all-nighter at university, when I probably had about eight essays to finish, and I would put the TV on and I would have the Hitman and Her on. 
And because the TV was behind me and I wanted to kind of, you know, I could listen to it, fair enough. But I wanted to like glance and, and see things. I actually had a mirror on my desk that pointed over my shoulder so I could do it. That's sad, isn't it? That, that's really sad. But that's my abiding memory of TV as a child. We wrapped up May with a Mac Bites After Hours. 78 called Size Matters. Before you start thinking, don't. It was slide size. There was also a brief mention. This was the briefest mention of YouTube's new chapter marking system. This brief mention that was going to take 30 seconds turned into a 15 minute epic because everybody got so excited with it. So we, in the end, there was a full demo of the, the works. I can't believe that that was only May 2020. It's one of those features that's just so useful. You just think it's been there for years. But no, only May 2020. It wasn't the most auspicious start for Apple in WWDC month with an iCloud calamity. iCloud was down for all. And as if that wasn't bad enough, it took your apps down with it. The precise message was verification failed. The application you have selected does not exist. Cancel or try again. While it wasn't out for long, it was out for long enough to remind us that Apple have more power over our digital lives than is good for anyone. Closely followed by Amazon, with S3 probably hosting 90% of the world's cloud. Oh, absolutely. The first sign of S3 having trouble and that's it. I can't do a thing. And then we were on to rumours. Rumour Groundhog Day. The new Apple Pencil will be black, screamed the headlines. Was it? Are you kidding? There wasn't even a new Apple Pencil, much less any opportunity to speculate about the colour of it. No pink one for you then? Do you know, it's actually only a matter of time, isn't it? Because I remember when the pink came out thinking nobody in the right minds is going to buy that. And before I knew it, half my friends had bought it. Yeah, there's just no words at times, is there? Hmm. Remember, that we had just managed three hours, 59 minutes, 59 seconds of a MacBytes After Hours, we broke the four hour barrier with MacBytes After Hours 79 going forth. Four hours, 10 minutes to be precise. We covered loads. We covered recording a screencast, liquid text, creating infographics. Oh, it was fabulous. It was long, but it was fabulous, which was just as well, because then there was bad news. The RIP of iBooks author. Oh, January 2012 to July 2020. RIP. Going the same way at the end of 2021, they gave that a little bit more time, was iTunes U. In relation to iBooks author, Apple were recommending pages instead of that. Might sound reasonable, save for the fact it's missing half the features. And also somewhat reminiscent of the Final Cut Pro saga. Remember when Final Cut Pro 10 came out? It's a long time ago now. But Apple might get there in terms of features and feature parity in the end. Here's hoping we all live that long. I don't think the two stories were related. The next one and the fact they were sunsetting iBooks author. But Apple shares hit a high. It seems that sunsetting apps doesn't adversely affect the Apple bottom line. In fact, have you noticed, not much affects the Apple bottom line. In this case, a rise of 3.16% in a single day meant that Apple reached a valuation of $1.491 trillion. 
dollars. Trillion dollars. If you had that amount of money, could you not dedicate a little bit of it to keeping iBooks author going? Just an idea. $1.49 trillion. But as the door closes on one app, it opens on another. Photoshop Camera. This is an app, Photoshop Camera app, arrived on iOS and Android. It's clearly aimed at a demographic younger than us. It's much more likely to impress Instagram users than digital photography enthusiasts. Let's just say that. You know, it makes me feel old when I use nothing but the built-in camera. And filters, well, aren't they something you find in a database? Evidently, I'm not down with the cool kids. I have to completely agree. I can see the benefit of certain filters, but these were like comedic, cartoony. No, not good. Not good. When you call something Insta-worthy, you know you're not going to enjoy it. That was one of the headlines. Adobe launches Photoshop camera app on iPhone with over 80 custom filters and Insta-worthy lenses. Yeah, that, that's when I knew it probably wasn't for me. And I wasn't wrong either. Oh, MacBytes after I was 80 was hysterical, mind you. Um, it was another four hour plus show, but a backlog of parcels in our MacBytes HQ COVID cave meant that we inadvertently unboxed Lola's medication rather than the tech toy. <laughs> But don't don't fear. In amongst the medications, there were some tech toys that we managed to unbox as well. <laughs> Poor Lola. Uh, then now this is the 15th of June, the 15th of June. Some might be gleefully awaiting details of Apple's back to school promotion. But on June the 15th, the schools in the UK don't even start their summer break until the 24th of July. The details of said promotion? Free AirPods with qualifying Mac or iPad purchases. I guess that's not a bad deal if you want some free AirPods or you want some AirPods free or otherwise. Be nice to get them free because you qualified for both the free AirPods, as long as you bought a qualifying Mac or iPad, and the educational discount. So that's not bad at all, I guess, if you want AirPods. What if you've already got AirPods? Why can't they make these deals a bit more flexible? But that's just me. Now, that back to school promotion was only in the States at that point because there was no news of it in the UK. But Apple stores in England and Northern Ireland reopened finally on the 15th of June, doubtless bringing joy to Timmy and his ever-growing coffers. And while we were pondering that, Twitter was up to mischief. <laughs> Voice tweets. Hmm. As if doom scrolling Twitter wasn't bad enough. Just imagine how much worse it's going to be if it's littered with audio rants. Sorry, tweets for your listening pleasure. Hence, enter voice tweets. It's really a thing. But one question, Twitter. Why? Who has got time for that? I mean, I know we do doom scroll every now and then, although I tend to have long periods where I'm just not on social. I'm not feeling the social love. But scrolling through Twitter, your eye is probably going to be caught by a graphic. If you see a graphic that interests you, you might stop and read the entire tweet. Other than that, you're going to cherry pick as you scroll, doom scroll, through your feed based on probably the avatar so you know who it is that's tweeting. But if it's audio based, you've got to stop 
and press play and then sit and listen. I didn't think it'd be a thing, but we'll see. Twitter users can capture up to 140 seconds of audio, but continuous recording is possible and longer audio will create multiple voice tweets. You can actually say a heck of a lot in two minutes, certainly more than you can type in 280 characters. So I think it just encourages those with the loudest voices, if you pardon the pun. While Twitter were tinkering with audio, Basecamp and Apple were arguing. This was the Hay Mail saga, and it was rumbling on. Basecamp's Hay Mail app was kicked from the App Store. The reason? The app had no functionality without a subscription. Basecamp were not happy. Apple were as intransigent as ever. And the chances of it getting back in the store? Well, that wasn't happening, according to Apple, until Hay made changes. I'm contemplating making Hay while the sun shines. But I digress. Hay decided they would make changes. The change? They added a free trial. So they allocated you a random email and you could use that during the trial period and then make a decision whether you wanted to sign up. That was enough. The app got approved. Storm in an inbox. But while it rumbled on, both companies got lots of free publicity, didn't they? I'm beginning to get suspicious about this. We had great fun, though, in After Hours 81, making fire. It was the firepower show. We were celebrating Lola's birthday by making candles in Affinity Photo. If you're wondering why, we had a cake for Lola. It had candles on it. While it was on the table and we were singing happy birthday to her. Yes, that's really a thing we did. It was quite safe. But obviously, as we lowered it down to her, with the amount of fur she's got, we deemed it wise not to have the candles lit, which was safe, but didn't look great on the photos. So I took a photo of the cake on the table with the candles lit and then showed people how in Affinity Photo to light the unlit candles when said cake was near Lola. Oh, what a demo. What a demo. All of which was just warming us up. Candles, fire, I'll move on. All of which was warming us up for WWDC 2020. All the things that were a definite. Apple glasses, they said. A new iMac, they said. A new design for said iMac, they said. Apple AirTags, they said. All reminiscent of the Apple car from a few years back. Did we see any of that? Of course not. Due to COVID, it consisted of pre-recorded videos, which were very well done and it was better than no event at all. But I must admit, I much prefer the live events. There's, there's just something about it. If there's a live audience and they don't like something, it's blindingly obvious. If it's pre-recorded, you know, canned laughter on it, <laughs> canned applause. No, it's not going to work for me. But a lot of those covering the event said they much preferred it. No, no, that's the one thing. I've not missed anything else in lockdown at all, but live Apple events. Because I, li I like it when Apple are, are uncomfortable if the audience don't approve of something. So what was announced? Mac OS Big Sur, or as we called it, they called it what? Yes, the next version of Mac OS was to be called Big Sur. Within seconds, I'd renamed it and Biggles was a name that stuck. With all the giggling over the name, you could be forgiven for missing a small update to Safari, which was WebP support. 
WebP is an image format developed by Google. It was announced a long time ago, 2010. The idea is it provides lossy and lossless compression with smaller file sizes compared to JPEGs and PNGs. Wouldn't matter much if it was tiny. But the smaller file sizes can be 25 to 35% smaller than comparable JPEGs and at the same quality. WebP also supports animation, meaning it can serve as a substitute to animated GIFs as well. The problem? Lack of support for editing WebP images or even converting them into something more usable. And it was the lack of support in Keynote and PowerPoint that renders it completely useless for me. However, more and more I'm seeing online, images are indeed WebP. And this was the first time that Apple had added support for it to Safari, which seemed a gross oversight up to that point. But they rectified it. They also announced iOS 14. It's the small things, apparently, like phone calls not taking over your entire iPhone screen. Messages gained mentions, pinned conversations, inline replies and doubtless myriad other ways to confuse crew members of a certain age. Oh, hang on. There was also the completely new feature of app clips. Whatever happened to those? Never seen in the wild and to be honest, never heard of again. And once again, I didn't update. That's not a complete surprise to anybody, Mike. So after iOS 14, there was watchOS 7. What could Apple possibly add to watchOS to make it more compelling? So glad you asked. A 20 second timed hand washing option. Cutting edge tech. And what were they trumpeting? The ability to monitor a skill most learn as an infant. With that and sleep tracking, be still our beating hearts. Although that would probably set off an alarm somewhere. I don't think I updated the watch either, but then I don't need a watch to tell me how to count to 20. Of much more significance to the future of Apple was the announcement of Apple Silicon. They announced they would be transitioning to the much type Apple Silicon over the next two years. There's a wave goodbye to any ability to upgrade your Mac post-purchase was my first thought. And a wave goodbye to running Windows on a Mac. Very true. But wallets the world over cowered in fear of what was coming. Now, that was all the stuff that they trumpeted, but it didn't stop there. There was a quiet launch for some new Apple tech. It was a launch without pomposity. When you hear the price, you'll know why Apple didn't particularly want to draw attention to it. The item in question is a two metre long Thunderbolt 3 Pro cable. No big deal, you might think. Until you clock the fact that this cable costs $129. Needless to say, it's the M&S of cables, as we say in the UK. But still, really, Apple? Really? Given where the world was at this point, does that not send out the wrong signal? We had more issues, though. As MacBytes After Hours 82 was happening, we called the show Going, Going, Gone because we really were. It was an early bath for us. YouTube threw its toys out of the pram in the middle of the behind-the-scenes look at how we create the MacBytes bingo cards, because we had bingo cards at WWDC. That was going to have to wait for another week. Now, in the middle of all this, are the stores open, aren't the stores open? Are they opening? Are they closing? Might they come back? Microsoft made a surprise announcement. 
In 2020, when you hear of stores closing, all you tend to think of is temporarily due to COVID. Microsoft, however, their announcement was they were closing all their stores worldwide. And it wasn't a temporary thing. They meant all the stores and they meant permanently. They weren't doing things by halves, were they? The first Microsoft store opened in Scottsdale in Arizona in 2009. I actually remember that because people were saying it's just an Apple store with a Microsoft logo on it. But it took them eight years to open that first store after Apple opened their first store in Glendale, California, back in 2001. That was five years before we moved to a Mac and the year our baby was born. Maya was born in 2001. Will we miss the Microsoft stores? Never actually seen one in real life, only ever seen photos, so clearly not. The nearest I've ever got to Microsoft tech in in terms of the laying on of hands was at John Lewis a few years ago. So probably if we wanted anything, we'd be back to John Lewis. We rounded off June with Craig talking. Craig did an interview where he was explaining the lack of a calculator app. Now, this is a calculator app from Apple on the iPad after 10 years of the iPad. It was the main talking point of his interview with Marcus Brownlee. Still no sign of Timmy guesting on MacBytes, but you know, never say never. Well, that's it for this episode of MacBytes, but be sure to join us next time for With 2020 Hindsight, Quarter 3. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So please send your questions, comments and queries by email to the crew at macbytes.co.uk or use the contact form on the website. We also have a very active Slack chat room that's open 24-7. Simply go to macbytes.co.uk slash Slack and join the conversation. You can follow MacBytes on Twitter at twitter.com slash MacBytes. You can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash MacBytesiri. So until next time, this has been Elena Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time.